Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today we're visiting with our friends from the city of Brainerd. With us today, Jennifer Bergman, the Brainerd City Administrator, and we also have James Kramvik with us. James is the Brainerd Community Development Director. Welcome back to Community Focus. Thanks, Ken. Tess, Thank- it's great to be here. Thank you for having us. Jennifer, we'll start with you. Uh, a lot of things going on. I've seen a few stories in the paper, and there's talk about um, bringing, uh, allowing alcohol in our city parks. There is, and always seems to be a lot going on in the city of Brainerd. Yeah. Yeah, so currently our city code only allows 3.2 beer I don't even know if that exists anymore. Not sure either. Yeah. Um, in Memorial Park by professional baseball associations and licensed vendors. And that's the only alcohol that's currently allowed in our parks. So the park board discussed the option of allowing alcohol in our parks during special events. Okay. You know, maybe arts in the park. You know, we have an amphitheater coming. And there may be occasions where people want to serve maybe, you know, craft beer, yeah. which some consider an art, yeah. right? Sure. So the city council, so the park board discussed this, and they asked the city council to consider amending our city code to allow alcohol in the parks. And the council discussed this at their last meeting. And as you can imagine, alcohol is a pretty regulated thing by the state of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So, So people who serve or sell alcohol must have a license through the state of Minnesota. True. So the council discussed allowing the sale during special events that would be tied specifically to event applications. So again, as I mentioned, maybe arts in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, these applications are, the event applications are approved by the park board. So okay. if somebody is interested, if the council does approve this, they could include that in their event application. So they didn't, the council didn't stop there because you know we have adult softball that happens at Memorial Park mm-hmm. and maybe they want more than 3.2 beer. Um, and then also the campground. You know, oh. people oh, yes. at Lum Park at the campground, right now alcohol is not permitted. Oh, wow. so okay. Didn't think about that. I, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. guessing others may not have either. Yeah. So, so anyway, those are things that the council is discussing. This ordinance will go before the council for their second reading on February 21st. So there will be a public hearing if okay. any public wants to, you know, come and share their opinions. Of course, we always welcome the public yeah. and especially those public hearings. It's a great time for people to voice their concerns one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting so, to see how that if they along. if it does get voted and would it be in all would it have to be in all the parks or could it be just a couple parks it would be allowed or how does that how would that work Tess, that's another great question that was another part of the discussion okay. should it be limited to specific parks, parks yeah. or just in general okay. so a lot of those um, kinks will be worked out i think here in the next week or so okay yeah good to know very interesting uh, bring us up to speed on uh, washington street we know there is a project coming yeah and as i've mentioned i think i talk about this every time that i'm here at community focus and the reason i do is because this is a big project yeah it's 2026 and 2027, but, you know, that'll come here before we know it. Yes, yep. it will. We've been talking about this project for probably going on three years now, if you mm-hmm. can believe that. So the, the next step 
in this process is that MnDOT is going to be at the City Council meeting on February 21st. With every state road project that MnDOT does in a city, they must get what is called municipal consent. Mm. So they have to come before the council and say, are you okay with this? Yeah. So as I've mentioned before, the city had a project management team that consisted of council members Johnson, O'Day, former council member Erickson, and then Mayor Badeau, who have really, really spent hours working on this design with MnDOT. And I think we believe that we've gotten a lot of things. You know, MnDOT, of course, is always just concerned about moving traffic through our city. Yes. Mm -hmm. We are concerned about our residents and our businesses. Yes. That is top on our mind. It's got to work together. It really does. And I think we've really come to a place where we've gotten a lot of what we've asked for. Mm -hmm. Not everything but we've gotten a lot of what we've asked for. So on the 21st, there will be a public hearing. Again, we would encourage the public, come to the council meeting, Mm -hmm. share your input. Um, We've had a lot of community engagement processes along the way, but this really is that final step before um, MnDOT will go into design. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it is an important meeting to be uh, there if you have some thoughts. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another issue we see, we're talking about street lights and even holiday lights. What's going on in that department? Yeah, so speaking <laughs> of streets, yes. um, moving right into street lights, um, we have some big road projects coming up in the upcoming years, not just MnDOT mm-hmm. 210, mm-hmm. but also North Brainerd. North Brainerd was supposed to be done in 2022, but because of supply chain issues, oh, we yes. had to postpone it to 2023. The council started talking about streetlights in 2022. What do we want? The council has made several decisions regarding those streetlights, but it's amazing how many things there are to consider. Really? Yeah. Don't even think about it. You just think putting up a light. What is it? What is, who cares? But, but no. What does the light fixture look like? Yep. What does the pole look like? Should they have brackets for banners or not? Should they have um, electricity? Maybe downtown you want a lighted wreath, right? So Mm -hmm. there are all these things you have to talk about. James is going to talk a little bit about our lighting standards, our color temperature um, (laughs) in a second. But before we go on to that, I'm just going to kind of segue into holiday lights. So... Right now, we have them in North Brainerd. They've kind of reached the end of their useful life. In fact, I think our park board, our park uh, maintenance guy said, could we please just take them right to the dumpster? I think we've had them for 25 years, so they really are at the end of their useful life. BPU in the city has identified some funding that we could potentially use to buy new holiday lights. Nice. We've had this wonderful community group who's kind of helped us with what those lights should look like. And so we are hoping that we have a proposal to the council for them to consider probably in March or April for new holiday lights. And really what it boils down to is where should they be? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we start small with a short-term plan for downtown, but maybe we'd like a longer-term plan Washington Street, and of course, that all ties into the street lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to ask. So right now, the only holiday lights I've seen are in downtown, right? That's correct. Yeah, but they've been around a long time, so they have. Wow. And is there a potential in the future to do more? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So street lighting. I, I know one of the topics that we talk about, in addition to poles and light fixtures, is something we refer to as color temperature 
Yeah, so thank you, Jennifer. Uh, this really started in the Community Development Department uh, as uh, planning commission wanting to review an overall policy within the city of Brainerd, mm-hmm. um, not just for streetlights, but also for private properties. Uh, so Jennifer is talking about a street lighting policy that really has to do with uh, street right of way lights. Uh, the zoning code deals with lighting on private property as well as parks, you know, mm-hmm. kind of any public property. Sure. Uh, so they really wanted to take an in-depth look at this. Uh, multiple work groups were held to make recommendations to the planning commission as well as city council on what we want to see going forward with the street lights and, and lighting within the city of Brainerd. So Jennifer was just talking about uh, color temperature. That's part of a new proposed ordinance um, that Planning Commission will be reviewing. Uh, color temperature really is the color at which people see light. Uh, is really noticeable in LEDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, for instance, uh, lights inside of homes, uh, those are going to be more at a 3,000 Kelvin color temperature, where you'd have recreational fields maybe at a 5,000 color temperature, which would be more of a blue light, kind of mimicking daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, so Planning Commission did a lot of studies, looked at uh, um, some research on this as well, on how uh, really regulating uh, lighting to 3,000 Kelvin uh, within the city can be beneficial for human health as well as wildlife health, um, can reduce glare on the streets, um, can also limit uh, um, kind of use next to residential properties and how that light might affect, mm. affect commercial next to residential. Sure. Hmm. I never thought I'd be hearing color temperature and a big discussion on that here, but uh, now that you talk about it and tell us what it is, yes. It makes I'm total sense. It does make sense. And uh, if anybody's ever lived on a corner where mm-hmm. there's a street light, right. uh, you have to close your windows at night and seal them up because that light leaks in. It, it's it's amazing. And we, we talk about, so when we talk about street lights, right, it doesn't just... You, you, taken for granted they're just there but then you talk about how the light gets cast you know 50 50 80 20 80 to the street 20 to the property so we are really trying to prepare an overall street light policy so what james has talked about what we're working on as far as the equipment itself will ultimately come up with some kind of policy that when we go to replace our streetlights in the future, we'll have something that's very consistent. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Streetlights. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew it could be so interesting? (laughs) All right. Um, James, you have more to talk about when it comes to uh, removing snow. Yeah. So, you know, as we're aware, we had a lot of snow, especially early in the winter here. Um, a lot of snow removal. So with that, uh, we did have a few residents call in with concerns about, especially next to com- you know uh, residential properties next to commercial or schools, on how early they were starting storm removal. This would be typically you know with when some of the blizzards came through. Uh, we also got calls from the companies that did snow removal as well as the businesses that needed to be open. Uh, so staff really took an in-depth look at this on, on what we can do uh, potentially within the ordinance. Right now, our current ordinance within the city does not allow for snow removal before 6.30 a.m., which could be problematic for certainly schools that open at 7, gas stations that open at 6. People who work at 4. Yep. <laughs> right. A.m. So yeah. it does allow for plows, but doesn't allow for um, you know clearing of sidewalks with uh, 
backpack blowers or snow blowers, anything like that, to, and to kind of get into smaller spaces. Right. You know, so with further review, staff did recommend, um, you know, the power equipment uh, ordinance works very well for construction, but potentially not for snow removal. So staff is recommending that there's an exemption for power equipment for snow removal purposes. And that'll be heard at the next city council meeting as a second reading. They'll, they'll vote on it and uh, they'll hold a public hearing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Another important reason to come to the city council meeting on February 21st. This yes. is the third very impactful public yeah. hearing that we're Lots talking of big about. Stuff, yeah. 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 Okay. That's uh, very interesting to me. Uh, because we've all had that neighbor who thinks he should clear his snow at uh, yeah. 7 o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> so I never thought about, yeah, but if you live next door to a business, they do have to get going. And yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, last but not least, Tess's most uh, favorite <laughs> subject to talk about, chickens and ducks. We know you've been talking about it. Uh, bring us up to speed on what's going on. Kind of the yes. pet ordinance. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Chickens and ducks. So, you know, as we know, all of us know right now, uh, egg prices have certainly increased at the grocery store. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what um, started this conversation. I know um, a constituent uh, reached out to one of our council members and, and uh, was hoping to allow for more chickens in the city of Brainerd. Uh, right now, uh, residents are allowed four animals per property, which be any combinations of uh, cats, dogs, or chickens. Uh, so this new ordinance is proposing that you still get to have uh, four dom domesticated animals, essentially dogs or cats, but you still get to have then four chickens on top of that. Um, so with that, uh, the previous summer, somebody came in asking for ducks. <laughs> So uh, staff did some research on this, and uh, there are a lot of people that also raise uh, ducks for egg laying purposes as well. Really? Yeah. yeah so staff did bring wow. this up to city council, and they were also interested um, in allowing ducks and chickens in the city of Brainerd for egg laying purposes. Wow. But they can't uh, crow or quack before 6 a.m. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> Unless it's for snow removal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. For snow removal. That, no, that noise ordinance, you know, how do you impact that? with I, And I have to chuckle, you know, Councilman Johnson refers to this as the eggpocalypse. Eggpocalypse. Ah, the eggpocalypse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, actually, uh, it's true. Uh, I, I've seen these stories across the country. Every city is dealing with this even. Even in the Twin Cities, people want to raise chickens, and uh, a lot of people are thinking they're they're healthier if you just do it yourself, you know, and so on and so forth. So they other are. reasons besides the egg prices, because we know those will come back down again. But nevertheless, yeah. uh, cities are grappling with this issue, aren't they? They sure are. Yeah, they we are. aren't the only city. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hmm. Well, Fascinating. What? One more piece before we go. You know, it, it's Valentine's Day mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yes. And, you know, we, we all love our partners, but we also love our pets, <laughs> right? So just a yes. reminder that at Buster Park, you can go to the Smoochapooch, where there is a booth that you can go take a picture, bring your camera, mm -hmm. and take a picture with your dog. And that is Aww. up now through Friday, right? It Essentially. is. Okay. Thank you, Tess. <laughs> yes. Okay. Smooch a pooch. Smooch your, own, a pooch. your own pooch, please. At, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Jennifer and James, thank you so much for being here today to talk about these issues. Thank you. We really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks to both of you. Our guests today, Jennifer Bergman, the Brainerd City Administrator, and James Kramvik, who is the Brainerd Community Development Director. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app that is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.